0: Welcome to notorious POD. I'm your host, John Bass. Is another hip hop forum episode, which means I'm joined by Cal Qaeda up in his whoa, 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 whoa. What's up? I'm also joined by Thelonious Phil.
1: Pow, Pow, pow. Hey,
0: <laughs> we need to we I need like one of those little uh, sound effects desks with just like yes. but, but but like random ones. Just like it'd be like moo,
1: <laughs> just like in the middle
0: of it.
2: And just
1: old school the band. radio shows. Yeah.
0: yeah. like there's that um family guy episode where like yeah. Me, Brian.
2: <laughs> just off, off. Of that. Yeah. <laughs> what was his it's name? Just... The douche or something.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> weenie Weenie in the butt. <laughs> That's like it. it. I think I'm thinking of Parks and Recs.
2: Yeah. Was there someone called the douche on that? I don't know. Uh, probably. Anyway.
0: Yeah. anyway yeah. Probably. Um, how are we doing, boys? I've just had I've just had a um a massive bowl of pasta and I'm feeling oh, very very full but hopefully it's going to give me enough energy to talk through a massive plethora of um subjects because it's been a minute since we've done our last episode um and there's a there's a lot going on isn't there so it's time for us to um to tuck into some stuff seeing as we have got a lot of stuff to go through shall we just just jump straight in
1: yeah yeah yeah.
0: i want to um I want to talk about a man that's, that's dear to all of our hearts, um, not just for his music, but also for his Instagram account, which may be one of the funniest Instagram accounts there is, which is Freddie Gibbs. Uh-huh. Um, and Freddie Gibbs and academics of complex fame um, have had a bit of a set to of recent weeks. Mm-hmm. And I thought it'd be great for us to um, to talk about it. So, so Cal, when you saw this was, um, was popping off, academics versus Gibbs,
2: um, talk me through what, you, what your thought process was, mate. I think I always get a little bit annoyed when people that aren't about that life start talking like they're about that life. And so when academics, I saw like his video of him just really shooting his mouth off crazy. I was like, oh, my God, like, what are you doing? But then Freddie Gibbs just said, I'm going to pinch your nipples. And that pretty much just set the tone for the beef so yeah it pretty much set the tone for the beef after that and you could see that freddie gibbs wasn't taking it too too seriously
0: yeah for sure t what about you mate
1: what did you i mean i don't know the the full origins but i think academics said something along the lines of when freddie gibbs is dissing people it's always like sneak dissing is never face to face and then you know i guess it kind of escalated into what we have today but i don't know i think you're bringing I think he'd bring him pissed to a shit fight, trying to beef with um Freddie Gibbs. He's just too much of a savage, especially on, on Instagram. And academics his life is starting to fall apart as well. I think he lost um a role, the job he has. At, is that a complex he works at?
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. He lost his job there when he when he went at um John Legend's wife. So it's all going pear shaped for him. But um, I think it's all good. I don't think anyone's going to die as a result of this.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a good point. I, I do agree with Cal. I think it's funny that um academics like tries to he tries to get involved in this kind of like gangster shit and like Mm -hmm. tries to give himself this hard man image which is mental because he, he really isn't about that life and i feel like gibbs maybe is and i like the fact that he hasn't he hasn't just gone to that he's just gone the other way and just made it really like petty and childish and just like playground tactics which is is a lot funnier um than just like trying to be all like trying to play it hard i like the fact that he's just like taking the piss out of him um but one thing that really interests me is like this this whole academics thing was born the kind of like the main sticking point the, the reason that it kind of flagged up was that academics was like trying to talk about numbers in relation yes. to his credibility as an artist so rather yeah. than focus on like projects he was just saying well like what numbers have you done in comparison to like this artist or that artist in their first week what have they shifted units wise and like i feel that that is um it's a bit of a, like a scourge on like modern culture in a way. It's like, it's we see it with like sport and it just becomes like reduced down to the numbers and not necessarily the beauty and the artwork, which is particularly with music is what it's all about.
2: Right. Cal? Yeah, it is. And I, and I think, you know, I, you know, you talk about, you know, who's the, who's the informed rapper of the moment. It's Freddie Gibbs. He's, he's calls himself best rapper alive. I think he's in the conversation. Uh, he's said for the last two years, 2019, 2020, he's called his album album of the year. I don't think that's outrageous. I have one of those to say that either one of those was album album of the year. I think um, we all did uh, our lists for uh, what is it Crates 808 and. Um, mm. I had Alfredo was top of my list. Um, yeah, he's the guy right now. He's he's everybody wants to work with him. All the producers want to work with him. He's guesting on a lot of people's stuff. Uh, his Instagram account is amazing. Um, he may not have brilliant first week sales, but he's the hottest rapper around right now.
0: Yeah, for sure too. What, what do you think about this whole like numbers versus art? Like, do you give a shit about how um, you know music performs um, in uh, terms of numbers or?
1: I don't really give a shit. I mean I don't think Freddie Gibbs is about that anyway. That's not what he's that's, that's not what his whole thing is about. <clears throat> I think the sticking point was six nine coming out of prison and reaching number one and academics are still riding of him in spite of um the snitch stuff and mm-hmm. being a being a nonce. So yeah, yeah. you know, I think he kind of done on the on that's a bad hill you're choosing to choose to die on right there. But Freddie Gibbs' cow says he's pulling done down arguably album of the year, two years in the trot and everyone wants to work with him, he's definitely in an upward trajectory, and early on in his career, I think he had a bad bad deal of Jeezy, um, but it's all just, um, everything's coming up Millhouse for Freddie, because I think he's got a deal with Warner Brothers as well, mm-hmm. so, you know, I think academics is is barking up the wrong tree.
0: Yeah, and also, just I just think, like, the argument, so, like, I've said, like, many times on this pod, like, I really respect Gibbs, and I think, I think, like, he's definitely in the conversation for like hottest rappers in the world right now quite comfortably because what his output is becoming like not just popular but it's becoming like like critically well received by people who i respect their opinion on hip-hop like he's he's in that conversation rather than just being like a drake type figure where it's just played everywhere and i think they are two completely different things and you do get some rare artists that do both i mean like again it's this kind of sore subject but like kendrick and cole both do massive numbers Mm -hmm. and both have like critical acclaim, maybe from different sides of the hip hop community, but they're both, both well received in that way. But it's quite rare that you can get both. And so I just feel like it's such a weird thing to pick. Like you can, you can go through like outside of hip hop, you can go through the UK number one lists, right? And there'll be multiple acts that are dog shit that have more number ones in the UK than Stevie Wonder. Yeah. So does that mean, does that mean that they're better than him? Like, obviously not. So I never liked this idea of like numbers when it comes to to music I find it a bit of a weird like a bit of a a weird thing to, to pick up on and on that point do, do we think that like hip-hop journalism has has changed with the advent of like YouTube and social media where the journalists themselves can kind of like force themselves into a situation where they become like a star I'm thinking of like charlemains and obviously the academics and people like that where they've like made themselves the focal point rather than just writing um kind of separate to themselves Carl. like
2: do you think hip-hop journalism has changed as the kind of world has I think changed? journalism's changed i think journalism's mm. changed massively you know on on below the belt tees had to listen to me a hundred times talk about boxing journalism and how um everybody's Everyone has a dog in the fight these days. Everybody has a side to pick. Everybody's got someone that that, that they're backing. Journalists are, they're not neutral anymore. There's, I guess in order, to, it's an industry that's not as thriving as it once was. Print media is on its ass. Um, premium media on the internet is, is really difficult. You know, there's people trying to bootleg it all the time. And so I think a lot of journalists feel like they have to pick a side in order to guarantee content. Uh, So if academics goes to Takashi, he's always going to get the interviews from Takashi. And the same happens in boxing as well. People select their own fighters, their own promoters, because that's guaranteed content for them. But what you see a lot is now is because everybody's got a dog in a fight and everybody's picking a different side, they start bickering with each other. You'll have Charlemagne against Joe Budden or one of the guys from joe bunn's podcast i think what's it's rory and Mao, isn't it and you'll have Mao. Yeah. Mao's a massive drake guy massive massive drake stan he'll start bickering with a good music person and it's they i think they want clout and they want to become the story because that's how they stay in the news because like i said journalism is not what it once was and so they have to do anything to get clicks and as eric bischoff said controversy creates cash and so there's something to, it's always about staying out there and staying in the news. So I see that, I guess that for me, that's why journalism's changed.
0: Yeah, it's a good point. What do you, what do you think about that
1: too? I think it's just the way the world has gone in any industry, whether it be sport or music, you know, it's just a case of, you know, there's lots of bloggers who end up, wind up being, you know, legit journalists. Hill um, Hilton, Charlemagne the God, you know, Charlemagne the God's even got a couple of books out. So you know, it's a bit like, you know, anyone could be president of the US and one could be a big time journalist. But I don't think anyone looks at academics with any real credibility, to be honest. And um, I think someone, I think, you know, going back to Freddie Gibbs a little bit, I think the fact he's kind of, his come up makes the story a bit more relatable. You know, I mean, obviously Drake had his mixtapes, but fairly early on, he was going to be a star and he has been. And Freddie Gibbs did Pinata. a did a few other albums which probably didn't hit as hard, but over the last two three years, on the a real, you know, is really on the ten. And I think um, academics probably dropped the ball, not really um, kind of being behind the curve in terms of um, how Freddie Gibbs is perceived in the world of hip hop. I don't see anyone going on. that I don't see anyone backing academics here. No. Yeah,
0: I think that I think that's exactly right. He just didn't read the room. Like he he hasn't he hasn't read the room of hip hop at this current moment in time. I think he he saw this as like a soft target, as like a, most people will agree with me because the numbers don't back it up. And actually the people who like, really like Gibbs are typically like your, ostensibly like your hardcore hip hop heads. And okay. they are, be the ones that are most passionate. They're not going to be like throwaway fans who like, don't give a shit. And um, you're absolutely right, mate. I, I haven't seen anyone who's like, yeah, academics is spot on. Like fuck Freddie Gibbs. Like everyone's kind of like, no this is a line you've crossed it academics get back in your fucking box um and it's been royally mugged off on instagram um the memes and the pictures alone were just (laughs) worth the beef to be honest because there was some sensational (laughs)
2: stuff weren't there there was some amazing stuff and i think some of academics kind of people were 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 messaging freddie gibbs and made some comments about his kids and stuff like that and so i don't care what kind of what what your issue is kids are kids are off limits you don't talk about people's kids you don't mention people's family or their kids you just don't Uh, and that's just too far all i would say is watching the academics videos that guy's not well and he was clearly intoxicated Mm. on both of those and i would say that and a lot of the a lot of these people you know there's been the stuff in football this week about social media you know social media stars and youtube stars saying dumb shit the, a lot of the time these people just aren't well and academics probably has a substance issue because he's he was talking like he was on coke to be honest that there was someone that wasn't really with it he didn't seem completely with it there was a lot of rambling going on and he wasn't you know hip-hop african americans really <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't making sense was it a lot of it? And yeah. it makes me think there's something not quite right with him really but Calling it, you know, and and Gibbs Gibbs handled it. I actually think he handled it the right way. You know, he could have he could have just ignored him, but he thought, no, no, I'm just going to clown him. I'm going to call him a telly-dubby. I'm going to pinch his nipples, and then, and that's going to be that. And it seems now that that academics life's life is falling apart.
0: Yeah, I mean, even if there were people that were um, sitting on the fence with it, you're right. As soon as academics was like, yeah, you you know, stuff about his kids, the fact that Gibbs didn't rise to that bait either. And just kind of like continued to clown him in a very light-hearted and like he, he mocked him basically, rather yeah. than try to go like level for level, yeah. which is the, the right way to play it with someone who's like that. And, and also, like you know, I think the fact that he just he just kept oh. it kind of like I'm just going to take the piss out of you. I'm going to make some merch and then sell that as well, just to kind <laughs> of take some piss, take take the piss out of you from a business sense as well. I thought it was I thought it was pretty pretty funny. But it's a good point about like that you both make about social media and you know, the way that the world has changed. Yeah. And I think we'll continue to see like shock journalism calling out in a way. It's kind of like how, you know, a beef used to elevate one artist over the other. You know, I think you've used the, the term before cow, like a boxing term, like to be the A side, right. Yeah. And the, yeah. the, B, the B side, is trying to instigate the beef in order to like generate some interest in themselves. Exactly. And I think a lot of that now is coming from journalism rather than from artists. They're like trying to have a shocking opinion and you, you get it with, you get it with Twitter accounts, you get it with podcasts where people come out with like hot takes. Like we, we kind of, you know, take the piss out of it on here, like saying that Snoop's shit um, <laughs> a terrible rapper, but, but you see like a lot of these, a lot of these podcasts, a lot of these Twitter accounts, like that is how they g- uh, gain traction. Mm -hmm. um and clicks and views and listens by like just basically beefing with people essentially um so yeah so interesting story nonetheless um but very entertaining if you if you don't follow freddie gibbs on instagram it is it is well worth it i think in our hip hop forum chat we probably send uh, a gibbs instagram um post probably once a week
1: yeah yeah
0: Yeah. it's just mugging people up it's great um right i want to talk about from one uh Comedy genius to another, Um Virgil Abloh, um, very well, very well respected. He managed to sort of, in the space of a month, completely ruin his reputation. So first of all, his his um, his very minuscule donation to Black Lives Matter basically created his own phrase. So did, did you hear this about the the um, doing a Virgil is like because he donated like a hundred dollars or whatever it was. Yeah, <laughs> did right. You see it?
1: I think he asked so him like, to match it.
0: Yeah, that was it. So, yeah, so I think what he did is he he did $50 and then he asked people to match it. So people like, if you're... Uh, so basically $100 is a Virgil, I think is now the phrase. <laughs> right, uh, right. <laughs> that's brilliant. So, so he was getting mugged off. So it's like, you know, if something's $200, like two two Virgils for, for these pair of trainers. Um, so he's been, he was getting absolutely rinsed for that because he's a, he's a millionaire, obviously, and people were like, "Well, why has he like done this small amount?" So they kind of mocked him for that. And then very soon after that was the pop smoke release. So we'll talk about the music in a little bit if anyone's you know interested in, in kind of the album. But the, the thing that caught the attention of uh, of the Twitter sphere was the cover art, which is is genuinely one of the. It's like a throwback to those '90s mixtape or like those kind of like really cheap. Um, Microsoft like art uh, front
1: cover.
0: Oh, right? uh, clip art. Clip art, thank you. Yes. Where just go right, we'll get some diamonds, we'll drag that and put it in the top corner, we'll get some barbed wire, put that down the side, and then we'll put like the guy's face and then just the the name of the album in the middle. Uh and obviously Twitter went into a fucking meltdown over this, like, thing. And there were some incredible memes, like, you know, like Bart Simpson doing his, like, homework and be like, oh, sorry, it's only, like, five minutes to, to like, finish my art <laughs> homework. Uh, and it's just it's just been absolutely rinsed. So I don't, I don't know if you boys have had a chance to have a look at it, what you, what your thoughts
2: are. Yeah, I did, we did. Uh, I quickly looked at it and you can see why it, it does look bad. I think the picture of him is what it's that i think that's the worst thing about it it's just a square on picture of him it kind of looks like like a and it's it almost looks like the funeral, like when you at the funeral, when you get the, the the kind of the pamphlet of like, this is this is the day today. And it's it kind of looks like that, like the sort of thing you'd have given out at his funeral. It just looks kind of cheap and there's no imagination that's gone into it, really. Um, what what one thing that did come out of this, which was quite good, was that fans started making their own art. Yeah. And you, you'll remember, T, when Kanye's Pablo album came out. And it's that really horrible orange cover that people hated and people yeah. started making their own cover art. Uh, and it just gets people's creative juices going. And to this day, I still have the, the alternative cover art for that Pablo album. Um, it was just such a cool thing that, that happened off the back of this and the Kanye thing
1: back in the day. Yeah, 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 yeah well. no, I, I agree. I remember the album cover. I think it was like kind of a blue sepia type thing going on. Mm. with him over some turntables. Um, yes. Yeah, um, I mean, I'd only seen the cover for the first time today, the one that Virgil Abloh did, and I didn't think it was terrible. I mean, I think in this day, age, album covers aren't really as iconic as they used to be. You know, when you see a collage of classic hip-hop albums, it's generally from you know, from the 80s and 90s, you know, Eric B.N. Rakim paid in full, um, yeah. strapped. Straight out of Compton um, NWA, these are iconic covers. Even if it takes a nation of millions by a public enemy. In recent times, covers aren't as iconic. And because albums are so transient, you know, I guess people don't really put as much thought into them. So mm-hmm. but I don't know, maybe I'm showing my age. But maybe there are iconic album covers that I've just not realised.
2: Yeah, perhaps. maybe, but I think Yeah, yeah. sorry, so, so John. No, I was just gonna say perhaps it's the it's the throwaway nature of music today. You know, we're always talking about how we we rinse through music so much and we don't get time to enjoy it. So we don't get the album covers ingrained in our brain like a doggy style, a paid in full, blueprint, whatever, classic albums. You know, Some, because we're it's on to the next one.
1: Someone made a very good point on Twitter recently that um when albums would come out, you'd be but you'd be playing the album for a year because they'd release one single mm. and then when that single dies out, they'd release another single. Just get Bad, then there'd be another single. So, I don't know, for argument's sake, uh fuck, what is it? Ready to Die had Juicy. And then it had like um fucking had yeah, one more charge remix, which was like um one more charge was like a year after the album was out. Yeah. Yeah and it just had people revisiting the album. Whereas mm. now, I don't think it really works that way. That's just the nature of um what we consume. You know, we can go into Spotify, download an album, play it, and by Wednesday you've forgotten yeah, yeah exactly
0: yeah. Is. yeah yeah so true and also like from an artwork perspective we, I I'm pretty sure we've all gone bought a CD taken it home started listening to it and while it's on you would pick up the like inner sleeve and you would mm-hmm. like be reading it and like a lot of the artwork wasn't just the front cover like they would continue that theme like through the the booklet and yeah. so like you would you would associate it with like reading the notes and looking at it and so you you would physically like be looking at the artwork quite a lot Mm. whereas now like like you say it's all digital so you don't necessarily have that same like physical connection to the artwork um and it does make it harder for things to be like iconic and classic in that way and this is it's the same we have we have a question later on about it which we'll get to um, about music videos um it's, it's a similar sort of concept of like you know there's just so much out there going on um, was, takes away
1: from them I was going to point out that um Westside Gun did a tweet I think it might have been last night about how he's more into art these days right and his album covers are actually always really cool yeah mm. Mm. I think you know, the um, awesome fly god probably probably butchered that title a bit but even Pray for Paris had like art on the cover so someone like Westside Gun always comes with, comes harder with the album covers if I'm going to pick anyone one of the modern day yeah
0: that's true and i really like the um plugs we met cover where it's like the scar festing thing with the blacked out eyes i and love I that just, again it's a really cool like take on what could just be like a kind of obvious cover it's really cool i like that so yeah again i feel like every, every every episode we talk about griselda but i do think that they are trying to bring that like bring that back that it's not just like the music there's this other aspect to to the art form um, so yeah, it's a, it's a good call out. Um Any any standout like favorite covers? What were your favorite covers of of albums when you
2: were growing up, Cal? Uh, I'm just just to refresh my memory. Obviously, Forever by Puff Daddy is a classic. But a classic. <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> uh, Blueprint One. I've already mentioned Blueprint One. The Fix by Scarface. It's like a yeah. broken piece of mirror on the table, and you just see one of his eyes um yeah that's that's quite cool uh we i mentioned this album on the last hip hop forum the freddie gibbs you only live twice it's kind of him as like this angel type figure and it's yeah him floating over all people reaching up to him and uh stuff like that um and there was another one but it's gone out of my head you guys you guys jump in uh, i'll see if i can think of any more go on T.
1: man a lot of a lot of them will just be from from the 90s i like the Child called crest album covers of the um with the mm-hmm. red blue and green imagery on it mm-hmm. So I always like those i guess uh, midnight Mall orders of all the faces on there i'm actually scrolling through covers of speaking at the moment that's what i'm doing as well But, um, yeah. <laughs> but matter because uh, a lot of the covers i want to say are actually just iconic covers more than actually good covers but Actually, the Fuji's the score one. That's like almost like Bohemian Rhapsody, but yeah. I did actually mm-hmm. like that cover. That cover was actually pretty cool. And yeah, actually, no, the, m- like. the more I think about it, I mean, there's an album that I've probably been bothering you guys about called Iron Wigs. Yes. It has um, mm-hmm. a UK rapper called Sunny Jim, um, Verbal Kint, I believe it's from Ugly Heroes, and Vic Spencer, who's a Chicago rapper. And the album cover is actually pretty cool on that. It almost looks like... Um, It's just like really, really arty album cover. So um, that's an album I'd recommend to the listeners. Um, Your Birthday's Canceled, Iron Wigs. That's a pretty cool album cover. It's hard to really describe it. I'm really bad at describing things. I've got, I've not got an artistic bone in my body, so. (laughs) And I'm (laughs) I'm showing it now.
0: (laughs) Uh, I I mean, again, like we've kind of mentioned some of the most iconic, like
1: Ready to Die, the little
0: like baby. It's just like, it's so iconic. It just like sits so nicely. In comparison to like the white background, and then you've got the like the text writing, it's just like as soon as you see that album, you know it's
1: biggie. You know, it made um, me think of that, John, it made me think of the interlude on the Ray Kwan album, right? Are they are they biting? No, right. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, good shout. Also, think, thinking of that, what is the um Ghostface album where it's Ghost and Ray like in the kitchen and they're both just in like really bright? Is it can't remember which album it is you know
1: isn't it cuban links yeah
0: maybe yeah
1: i
2: think
0: that is Cuban Links. you know yeah that that album front cover is just like they both just look so fucking just cool on that um yeah i mean like i said i like the black star album i think that's a cool front cover um i mean there's loads of good ones obviously um so we won't we won't dwell on them too much Right. Uh, we've, we haven't recorded for quite a while. So some of these, um, I'm not going to call them beasts because they're not really beasts, but some of these um, entanglements, that's the new phrase, isn't it? Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> some of these entanglements uh, are quite interesting. So I wanted to kind of rake over them because we haven't had a chance to talk about them. There's quite a few, so we don't have to linger on them too much, but I'd love to get your um, opinions on them, boys. Um, let's, let's start with uh, the J. Cole versus uh, no-name entanglement. Um this was all kind of this was all kicking off around um the kind of um Black Lives Matter movement and it was you know very it felt very politically charged and of that time and it's gone very quiet since that was all happening. So I imagine there's um probably some talks kind of off camera, shall we say. Um T, what did you what did you think about this this whole situation and, and who came off better, do you think, out of these
1: two? Uh, I think no name is fairly flawless and I think she probably came off a bit better is um you know, it's down to... There's a little bit of patriarchy because, um, you know, no name is just honest and you know, a lot of your favourite conscious rappers aren't really doing anything. And he probably, he took it upon himself to kind of comment on that and try and, you know, try and almost gaslight her to a degree. And her reply, what's the song called? Is it Song 33? That's right, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely bodied him. And thankfully, he didn't respond and that's how it should have been left. But... And that's the world. That's the world we're living in now. Is that um, you know people say their opinions and you know they're out right there to the world. And No Name is kind of in their own little lane. I mean, she's kind of talked about retiring from music and and all the rest of it. But yeah, I think No Name was was in the run. I think J. Cole should have just had a seat.
2: Yeah. What do you think, Cal? Yeah, I'm a massive, massive fan of No Name. I love her. Um, Yeah, she seems to have like really having like a lot of growth in like the last year or so. Like T said, she's kind of retired and then kind of unretired and she's getting she's becoming really anti-capitalist lately. Um, And so she's just kind of finding herself. And so, yeah, she had a little dig at kind of rappers that, you know, I think she said, you've made a made a career off off of a black plight. And now where are you? And I, I think it's valid for her to say that really. And. It's not for J. Cole to police her language. And it wasn't really she's trying to get the conversation going, whereas he's just trying to police her language. And it just wasn't a good look for him, really. Um he's made you know, made a whole song about it. It was just a bit silly, really. But yeah, no name totally bodied him. I'm a massive fan and continue to to be so. She's great.
0: Yeah, it's a good points, boys. I, I sort of tend to agree. I think it's one of those things where um, if your argument is strong enough, it will stand up to interrogation, and it kind of seems like she she called him out for like a lack of action and his like his rebuttal wasn 't so much about like it wasn't answering her critique it was like coming trying to come back on the offensive and so to just get absolutely fucking slapped down again um, yeah. highlighted the fact the fact that he just didn't really have a strong rebuttal to what she was actually saying, which is like where are you in this moment of like you know, political um, unrest and and an opportunity to like really seize this moment and and do something, which is, you know, kind of what he talks about a lot in his music. And I'm not saying that, by the way, I'm not saying that he doesn't give a shit because I think that he probably does. Um, And also it's kind of none of my business or anyone else's business, like what he decides to get involved in or not. He could be doing loads of stuff behind the scenes like we don't know about. But she, um, she
1: didn't um, even name him, though. Yes. So, yeah, true, true. So he could, have just, he could have just left it and everyone would have just forgotten. I mean, I wouldn't have known what she said if he didn't respond. Hmm. So he true. could have just, like, he didn't have to make a whole song about it.
0: True. It's kind of one of the, it's like, um, he's kind of, like, outed himself. It's kind of like a bit like when, um, you know, you, you, I've seen one, a story recently about um, a female artist who was talking about management. She didn't name them at all. Right. Um, about how they kind of like essentially sexually abused her, um, during like their sort of business relationship that they t- like taken advantage of her in all this situation, and she didn't mention them or mention a specific event, and so this this person then essentially like came out proactively and went, "I just want to make it clear on this night, these are the things that did happen, these are <laughs> things that didn't happen," and so essentially like admitted his own guilt because she hadn't like spoken about a specific event. And so now I think that they are like hopefully like pursuing um, a case against this person. It was a little bit like that, where because she hadn't actually specifically gone for him, he then considered himself to be someone who's not doing enough, right? Like he, he's basically saying, well, you're talking about me.
2: Yeah, so that his, was telling his insecurities really stood out, didn't they? It just showed his insecurities, mm-hmm. didn't it?
0: Yeah, it did indeed. Um, okay, uh, talking about insecurities... Um, there is one rapper who makes everyone insecure, I think, at the moment, and I would say so we spoke about Gibbs being like in the conversation for best rappers in the world right now. I would say this man is also in that conversation. Pusher T, King Push, up in his pop push, um, is still is still just going after Drake. Um, <laughs> and actually, this this was to do with the the Pop Smoke album, wasn't it? This was on yeah. uh, a feature on the album. Mm. um where where pusher basically had a verse taken off or it was basically a, a a drake beef that was taken off the album yes and young thug was basically kind of getting in the middle of this whole thing um i'm, I'm butchering this Cal, tell us what happened mate.
2: so basically yeah it was on the pop smoke album the track was pusher t young thugger and pop smoke And I think Pusha T didn't even say his name. He just did some little subliminal bars. It was nothing really. And they ended up taking, what happened was the the record label was made aware that it was a diss about Drake and then um, apparently by Drake's people. And then, so they took Pusha T off. Then Young Fuggers said about um, Pusha T, oh, I don't respect that you did that. La, 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 la. And then Pusha T said, I don't give a shit what you respect. And the only reason the the label took it off is because your man Drake snitched because he tries and he just basically made a load of police references and basically insinuated that Drake was a massive snitch.
1: (laughs) I love it because a lot of people are saying that Pusha shouldn't be going after Drake so much. But there was none of this sympathy when Meat Mill was getting bodied by everyone Mm. and all the memes are doing around there's no pleasing I don't know, I don't want to push it to, you know, to to anything more than what it is. Yeah. But well, it might be an ele- a small element of colorism there, in as much as because mm-hmm. everyone is happy to laugh at Meat Mill, mm-hmm. but no one wants to laugh at Drake. So it's a bit it's a bit weird why people are saying oh well, push a T-shirt, leave it. Why should he leave it? Fuck that.
2: Yeah, I yeah. think uh, yeah it it may it may be that I think what what Young Fugg was saying was that, look, this is like Pop Smoke's Memorial album. You shouldn't be doing diss tracks on it.
1: This is somewhat valid, but yeah.
0: Cool. Yeah, I, I get that. But I think like Push is right, which is that, you know, ultimately it's hip hop. It's, We've spoken about this loads of times about it's a confrontational art form. Like it, even if you're not naming someone, you, you can go through any album where there's a fictional you. There's a, I'm going to do this to you, right? So no and one's name. Pop Smokes album is full of that. Of course it is, because that's most hip hop is I'm gonna do this to you, brother. I'm gonna do this to you, N, I'm gonna do this to you, cuz. Like it's just it's just left open. But there's always in someone's mind when they're writing it, there is a victim at the end of it. What is the difference between that and doing like subliminals, which is like slightly more like personalified? Like it's a little bit more obvious who it's aimed at. Like it's like it's a bit to me. It's a, it's a bit childish to be like, oh, you can say you can you can threaten to murder like fictional people, but you can't you can't slowly take a dig at someone for looking after their kid who's real. Like what? Yeah. This is a weird fucking fake double standard. And also, fuck Drake. Uh, <laughs> the, the Geese is a pop, a pop star in, in the hip hop world. Like fuck him. Like put if if you've got something to say, put it on put it on wax and get and get smashed to bits again. Like like shut up. Like that's. That's the beauty of hip hop. You've got um, Drake, especially. You've got a fucking humongous platform. If your ego and skill set isn't big enough to deal with with that, then just, just shut the fuck up. Like, shut up.
1: Well, I think okay. he's kind of, I think he's met his match because Drake, Drake's always dissing people. I think on Stay Scheming, he was dissing someone on that with uh, the that track a of common. Rick Ross. Yeah.
2: Common, yeah.
1: So, and then he's just um, Joe Biden. He's just all sorts of people throughout his career. And now it's kind of come back to him. And Pusha T is his own man. You know, you can't. It won't be like LL Cool J and cannabis, where LL Cool J just ended his career. You know, Drake's got power, but Pusha T's got Pusha T's a bit in the Freddie Gibbs position, where he's almost like an independent MC. Mm. So you can't you you can't cancel him. He's got his own platform. He does his own thing, and either come with better bars and body him, or just take the L. Mm. This
0: is this is the issue, though I think for Drake, which is that. Like in, in these other instances, the the rappers that he's gone after, they kind of have they've also to a certain extent become like they've they've also got big platforms and more of an image to maintain. Whereas Pusher's image is like I will just fucking eat anyone. Like I, I don't care. Like I'll cannibalize the whole industry. Like, <laughs> I, love I, I that. will fucking I will gobble you all up. Yeah. He's like he's a greedy pig, he just wants to eat anyone.
1: And now, um, when you said common, it reminded me of the line that he said, um, you can't wet me you Canada dry.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And Drake left it after that.
2: Yeah, Common, <laughs> Common got him. Common, Common got in there. That's the Drake is just such a weird character. Like I like him, controller banger. Like he's got nice songs, but he has this desire to be this kind of tough guy rapper wearing balaclavas in the in his videos and talking about guns and stuff. It's like, mate, you got this. Sp- flame slapped out of you by a fifty year old puff daddy. Leave it alone, mate. Just just make your little songs. Be go viral. You're cool. Like you don't need to be a tough guy. Just stop, please. Because that's why someone like a pusher tee will come for your neck.
1: Just keep quiet and eat yeah. your food, mate.
2: Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Just count your money and shut your mouth. Yeah. Controller um, controller he banged. He banged,
0: you know, cool. Mate, he's got he's got bangers. I, th- he's I got think bangers. he's got bangers. He's a prime example of like, as hip hop's become the biggest like music in the world, it's like, it's kind of like forked off into different directions. And one of those directions is like mainstream and essentially like pop. And that's not an insult. Like people use it as an insult. Pop just means popular. And so he's like, he is on the popular side of hip hop. He's made it like mass market. And again, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. But as a like result of it, it means that your, your image is less like less gangster, less, dangerous because it's like it's more appealing to a broader market again which is completely fine and to your point cow like i think he's he wants to be associated with what traditional and raw hip hop is and those people in the main are just in a different they've come from a different world to the, the kind of privileged upbringing he's had in comparison to them yeah. and so like it's it's just it's a very like cultural clash in between the two and and he has basically come up against an mc who's got a big enough following that he he can't be broken by what Drake says and he's ultimately a better rapper. Yeah. He might not be a better artist or a better musician, but he is a better rapper than Drake. Mm-hmm. And that uh, it's kind of his kryptonite. Like Drake, Drake doesn't know he doesn't know what to do. He can't get him. And it's just it's really great to watch and I've enjoyed it a lot. So yeah. <laughs> what well, well I'm keep keep it up, mate. Keep him coming. Um right, next next thing I want to get into Cal. I need to come to you for this because um okay. you stuck this in our um hip hop forum chat which was um, Westside Gun versus Shady Records. What's been happening there, mate?
2: So there was, so uh, Griselda, uh, someone from Griselda got nominated for a BET award and Westside Gun tweeted, I wonder if Shady Records know if, that we've been nominated for a BET award. Ooh. Because, yeah, he was basically just having a dig at Shady saying, oh, you don't promote us, you don't do this, you don't do that and so i don't think shady responded they didn't bother responding but it was just something that they're, they're starting there's some cracks starting to appear between griselda west side gun and um, shady interesting
0: because i saw something else uh recently um yeah. west side gun tweeted about i think it's a new project coming out and he was basically saying like this this will be like this will be unlike any album that's been released on shady and he kept he kept mentioning them but it didn't seem like it was a no, this it just seemed it seemed like it was like actually quite sincere, but I'd not not really really sort, sort of seen him talk about shady that much. So it's interesting that maybe maybe as a result of that, there's been some words about business and and maybe it's been resolved. I don't know.
2: Yeah, there was some discussion online about it, but what what some people pointed out was that they're signed to shady, but they're signed to, to a distribution deal, so they're there to distribute their music, be it online or whatever. They're not supposed to market them. It's supposed to be Rock Nation, their management company, that's supposed to market them. And not then sure. somebody, yeah, and then somebody pointed out that people seem to sign to Rock Nation and then start beefing with their label. And Megan the Stallion was someone that was brought up that they signed to Rock so Roc we- Nation and then suddenly they start beefing with their label. And it's almost like Rock Nation tried to get in between. And why would they do that? Because surely Rock Nation could just sign them
0: separately. Or is this because? They go through the distribution deal and then sign to yes. Rock Nation. So Rock Nation yes. are agitating yeah. to move them away. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, well, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy. I mean, it'd be interesting to see what happens like with these sort of developments. Like if there's any truth to those rumors, then we'll probably see people move at the end of their deals. And yeah. potentially if they all end up at Rock Nation, we'll we'll know why. Yeah. Um But I would lo- I would love to know how much input like m&m and like let's say a jay-z actually have on those labels like h- how much day-to-day how much is going on across their desk if you know what i mean in terms of like decision making process and stuff because when you hear stuff like that when you see like west side gun versus shady records and you hear these conversations in my mind i'm thinking west side get, gun says something and, and m&m's there the other side of the desk in a suit going well this is a bit out of order like what you what are you doing um, <laughs> and in reality it's probably it's probably not that is it t it's, prob- it's probably it's like, very far removed. Like how how close do you think these guys who head up these labels, like the Jay Zs and M Ms as well, how much do you think they're actually involved in this sort of day to day shit?
1: I think they're proper arm's length type shit, man. Mm. Uh, you know, um I mean West Side Gun is another one like Pusha T where he's, you know, he doesn't really need doesn't really need big labels as such. So that's probably why he's so free to say what he wants on social media is not under he's not gagged. So you know, and that, that kind of reflects itself in the way he, he tweets. I don't look, I don't always have a forensic look at West Side Gun's tweets, but the ones that I do see is just him just speaking freely. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah, it's true. I, I, yeah. I mean, he talked yeah, about the good last good. album he did, and he's like, you know, I don't give a shit if people like it or not. It's about the art. And, you know, I put on Stove God Cooks, who features on it three times. Mm. So it's like, whatever, I don't give a fuck.
0: Yeah. I, I, I mean, I do, I do admire it. The fact that he's like, he is really like carved out this, this, I wouldn't say an empire, but he's like carved out this like niche for Griselda and he's putting a lot of new artists on. We're getting a fuckload of music. Like wh- whether you think that's positive or a negative, like, I, I think they're getting to a point where they're like saturating the market and it's losing a bit of its value. Um, but again, people will disagree with me on that, but I, I kind of think that out of the Griselda albums that have been released you could probably have whilst they're probably like between them between them all there's probably like six or seven you could probably get two two absolute classics like undisputed fucking amazing real legacy classics rather than seven albums with one or two great tracks on them um so but I like again it's like almost like a business model that's working for them like they are kind of known for just like pumping pumping stuff out and there is some real quality on there so it's it's really interesting to see what they've done. But um, I'm going to move on because we always talk about Griselda. Um, they are the kind of people at the moment. And he is obviously leading that, that charge that's so interesting. Um, versus battle. It feels like we've, like, we've been in lockdown for, for fucking years. And the versus <laughs> battles now are like, they're like old news. Like no one gives a shit anymore. But in a yeah. way, this is like one of the biggest, the biggest headline acts that they've had, which is going to be DMX versus Snoop bit of a weird like matchup if i'm being honest because i don't really see how dmx lives with snoop on this um as soon as he drops his just eat banger like it's over isn't it i mean (laughs) what's dmx gonna do Cal?
2: i have no idea to be honest it's like he's 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 body tony yeo and you know if he can beat tony yeo he can pretty much beat anybody um (laughs) and i just yeah i just it's. I, I think it's okay because DMX has got bangers. He has got bangers. Yeah, and I yeah. think that's what versus battles are about, isn't it? They're about bangers and can you get people to vote for you or whatever the fuck. So I think Snoop Dogg will body him. Snoop Dogg's just got too much to call upon, to, you know. You know to get twenty tracks together, and I think it's important as well the order you do them in. You can't just. Mm put all your best ones at the beginning you've got to end well it's all about i guess it's just good djing at the end of the day um but yeah so i think it's a pretty good battle it's it's not as good as primo and rizza but yeah it's pretty good will i watch it no because i've not watched any of them i don't really care but yeah it's not a bad one what what do you think see
1: yeah i think new dog will win fairly comfortably but it might not be, it might be closer than people think because there's other elements now, isn't there? Whether it be the sound engineering and the, charis- and the charisma as well. Mm. You know, it's like Babyface and Teddy Riley. You would probably have thought Teddy Riley would do it, but then you kind of forget what Babyface has got in his locker. Maybe DMS has got some songs in his locker that I've not thought about in the last 15 years that, that might make it closer than we think. But yeah, I think Snoop has got enough and hopefully he'll lean towards the early stuff more than the more recent stuff.
0: Yeah. Again, totally agree with both of you. I think, I think the interesting thing is, and I've also really not seen any of them live. Like I watched the RZA premiere back because I thought it was like really interesting. And actually, similarly to that, I thought it would be fairly straightforward for premiere because I, I kind of assumed that RZA would like rinse through the stuff he did for Wu-Tang directly and then all of the kind of sub albums. And that wouldn't really give him enough of an edge over Premier, considering he's like worked and has so many bangers with so many different artists that that kind of variety would just take him through and actually that that was really close i think like most people kind of you could flip a coin who they thought won that that particular battle so maybe maybe dmx will will su- surprise a few people I, I think that the issue for me is it's not necessarily like that snoop has more bangers because dmx also has bangers it's just that snoop has such a big and broad catalog that he could he could choose to take the battle if he wanted to in a very different direction like he might not go when i think of a battle i'm thinking like well all the tracks would be like aggressive mm. and actually like that that doesn't necessarily need to be the case like snoop could take it down a very interesting path and maybe go to some of his latter stuff with like the neptunes for example that just they're just like Production wise, they are bangers, as in, like, they're, they're upbeat songs that people like and know. And I don't think DMX will have that type in his catalogue. So it'll be, it'll just be really interesting, like, from a, from a musical point of view, like, which way, which way Snoop decides to go with it. So, in a recent interview, uh, Method Man, who I'm pretty sure everyone on this call is, is a fan of in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. Uh, he was having a, a discussion just about his career on a, on a radio show in the States. Uh, and just randomly at the end of the interview, um, someone asked him like anything else exciting you can tell us about, you know, what, what you've got planned. And he went, Oh yeah, we've got, um, I've got an album with Havoc from Mob Deep. Um, that's basically a uh, Wu-Tang Mob Deep crossover album called Dirty P, dirty for old dirty bastard and P for prodigy. And, right. um, that we have a single ready to go in the next couple of months and the album should be out before the end of the year. And oh. and obviously, um, like kind of bap hip hop Twitter went into fucking meltdown, me included. <laughs> like what, what what the fuck? This is absolutely amazing. Um but I've 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 scoured the internet for any more details. It's just fucking nothing. So I'm hoping this wasn't some like mad, like weird out out of sync April Fool that you just thought, well, oh, it'd be funny, make us a mad thing. And then the more I thought about it, I was like, dirty P. I was like, he's fucking this is a wind up. <laughs> so so yeah i mean i'm going to i'm going to wait and see he it wasn't like his delivery wasn't like tongue in cheek it was like dead deadpan like he was genuinely serious so it's a bit of a watch this space but um t would you would you be interested in this would you want to hear it what would what are your thoughts when you um, when you heard that uh,
1: it, it's interesting on paper i don't know what method man has left but he mm. did a, i think he did a on the then the was it the last Wu Tang album of Mathematics? What was the title what was yeah. the title called? Was it Saga Continues? Yes. Saga Continues, yeah. Yeah. I think he had a few good verses on that, so maybe he's got something left. Uh, it, it sounds amazing on paper, but I'm intrigued to see what the what the finished product will be. But yeah, you know, it keep, keeps the interest up and I I like having one producer on, on an entire album. I kind of I think it's kind of it's a coup and it's kinda of slowly keeping back into hip hop and um yeah it'd be interesting
0: yeah it's a good point and i just think it would be nice because when i think of like um wu-tang and like the gulliness of that i always think like the the closest thing very different sounds but like the closest thing kind of on the map is is mob deep and always like obviously there are uh wu-tang features on mob deep and vice versa so it's like it's already it's already a kind of a thing so it would be kind of nice to hear um Method Man over that that kind of type of instrumental and and if Havoc can reproduce anything close to kind of some of those early albums, that could be fucking incredible.
2: Um Cal, what are your thoughts on it, mate? Would you would
0: you be interested to hear that?
2: Yeah, it's interesting what T just said about, you know, one producer on the album and it's we were talking on the last hip hop forum about um people are rappers being produced. And not just having beats emailed to them and them rapping over them. And I think Method Man, on his solo projects perhaps has been guilty of that. Not not having the RZA doing his stuff and not having anyone completely overseeing it. You know, having A&Rs and whatever, so overseeing it instead. Perhaps has suffered because of that, because he, he's so fucking talented. Uh, and I think it was the Of Mics and Men documentary where he's in the cinema with all the other Wu-Tang guys. And he's just sat there just rapping. He, mm. I don't know if you guys saw that on Instagram or whatever clip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just sitting there just rapping and he says, I do this because I still want to impress them. And then yeah. at one point he gets face attention and, and they do a little dap and it's really, really good. He's so fucking talented and it just feels like he needs someone to just, alright, let's make a song about this. Let's make a song about that and let's kind of steer him the right way. Um, you, you said, uh, John, when when you saw the tweet, like Bap, kind of Kind of had a meltdown, right? Um, yeah, I, I was going to say you dusted off your boot cuts, but I imagine you was already wearing them.
1: <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> fuck and <sake>. you're fucking <laughs> <in> <laughs> etnies trainers, five <laughs> XL white t-shirt.
0: <laughs> fucking, hell. I, had take, I had to take the fat farm dungarees off, mate. <laughs> <That's it>. Um. <laughs> Yeah, mate, you can't dust them off when you're wearing them every day. They're, not, every they're not collecting day. dust. Exactly, <laughs> mate. Oh, fucking hell. Um, yeah, I mean, all good. I mean, you phase me with that. You phase. me. Sorry. Um, all, all good points. I, I totally agree. And I hadn't really considered it, but it's such a good point about the, the solo production, like a producer basically producing an album. And that was something that you know, sort of early stages of hip hop was like fairly common, like having a kind of exec producer. And then maybe like Illmatic ushered in this era of like, let's get loads of super producers to like make an album. And most of the time it's not it's not actually that coherent because, you know, there, there isn't like one sound that kind of binds it all together. And it's very obvious. Like I think Neptune's a good example of that. When you, you can tell a Neptune's and even a Timberland beat on an album stands out a mile. And sometimes you can knit it together with the rest of the producers. Um, But sometimes it's really nice to have that one continuous sound. And again, like the the Mad Libs uh, albums with with Freddie Gibbs, whether you absolutely love them or like me, you think, yeah, they're they're solid. There's a real like clear vision that you get from having like two artists, the producer and the rapper working together on that project. And I, I am really excited for this because I actually think it would be nice to hear like Method Man with, you know, with like solid production. Um, and if it is a nod to the past, this like dirty P or if it's a nod to the kind of the golden ear of those two two groups, I think it would be it would be great. I'd lo- I'd love to hear it, and I, and I hope that they they do it justice, basically, because this is you know this could potentially be great. And I totally agree about the Method Man. Um, has he still got stuff in the tank? I think like he's still when you see him on radio and he's like still spitting verses, they're still very good. And he, he he didn't carry that saga continues, but it's clearly built around him, that album. Like yeah, it's very great. clear that he's he's the lead, yeah. He was great. So um so yeah, really interesting. So watch this space. If I hear anything about it, it's probably the only time I actually tweet about a new album because it's by an old artist. So um yeah, watch this space for that one. Um right.
2: G- Gamma. next Gamma bootcut <laughs> <Food cutter>. rap. <laughs> no, I was just going sorry, I was just gonna say about you, you know, executive producers and how important they are. Mm. You know, MC Search was the executive producer for Ilmatic. And I remember um, when Jay-Z did American Gangster album, and I actually really liked that album. He drafted in Puffy to be the executive producer for it. He can't make a beat to save his life, but he just knows how to craft, how to just put songs, that song in that place. And I think perhaps that's something that's lost in, in modern music, is, or something that perhaps a Method Man needs is a good executive producer, not a, not a fucking suit. You know, someone that's going, no, that song's not right. This is where we should go, you know?
0: Yeah, I totally agree with that because there's a lot of good rappers who've made very bang average to poor albums through like that sort of understanding of like the complete package like and Diddy's a prime example of that. Like he's got it so right so often mm. um that it's like hard to ignore that. And there are a lot of other producers like that that have like made or exec produced or produced the majority of an album and have like shaped it and they've always done well either commercially or like um critically. So there's definitely something to be said for that because there are a lot of good rappers who don't make great albums, and it's quite it's quite a shame, really, that there's not someone really like helping them to make those decisions. So it's um it's interesting. Um right, let's um let's talk about another subject you put on here, Cal, which is um I guess we're gonna we're gonna class it as a subgenre. I mean, technically it's it's not. Um, but you you've entitled it Enya Hip Hop. (laughs) <laughs> so I, I i will let you elaborate on that and try and explain to me and t um what Enya hip-hop is doing on on the running
2: order for today's show was that me did i say that
0: yes me? your hip-hop that's
2: yeah I, exactly. I'm, I'm proud of that i'm quite proud of no it's just that i'm noticing this you know lately i remember a couple of years ago and you know, the radio was on in the office and everything that was playing in the office was wah, wah, it was dancey. Everything was to dance to and everything was loud and everything was fast. And um, noticing in kind of recent times, perhaps the last year or so, maybe two years, that a lot of the music that I ever get sent or people seem to like is really slowed down. So any hip-hop, it's not really the lyrical content isn't really Enya-ish but the paces so when I'm talking about Enya hip-hop it's rock marciano, um, car, um, guy um, currency, people that rap really really slow over quite slow beats it's not boom bap but it's still quite gully in terms of the lyrical content and r and like that as well if you think about You know R&B singers, her Summer Walker, uh, Janae Iko. Like, there's a lot of female R&B singers that it's all really slow and quite a slow pace and quite quiet. And I was just wondering what you guys thought where that trend has come from and if you've noticed it at all, if if, or if it's just me. Go on, T. I'll let you get stuck into that one first, mate.
1: Uh, I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure what's brought on. I think what Marciona is probably the one who kind of started it, just kind of, you know, street rap. But the beats are very minimalistic. There's not yeah. much going on. I mean, stuff, of, I think, in the in the noughties, more so the mid to early noughties, stuff is very overproduced. There's always a lot going on, whether it be yeah. lots of horns and different sound effects. But this stuff is like... Um, I mean, I guess the song that really makes me think of um, what Cal calls any hip-hop is like... Um, stuff like We Do It on Marsberg by, by Rock Martial, and that's a song worth listening to. It's just, it's just a basic beat, you know, a few strings, and it's just kind of gliding over it, and there's no complexity. And um, I I'm not sure, maybe it's low fire, maybe it's the technology where people are just producing stuff in their home studios. It's difficult to say, but um, some of the stuff I read about car, I think, am I missing something? Because... I mean, it's clearly good, but people are saying, oh my God, it's the album of the year. I think the album is Descendants of Cain. And I don't know, maybe if I've had, maybe I'm smoking a bit of weed, I probably think, well, you know what, this kind of works. But generally, I think I almost kind of zone out. Again, maybe that's overconsumption where you don't give albums a chance. You listen to it a few more times and you probably feel the layers more.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, weirdly, when you were describing um, Enya hip hop, which I, I want that to become a, a, like a staple term now in, in hip-hop. Um, all I was thinking about was the latest Gibbs and, and uh, Alchemist project. I feel like that is quite um, quite Enya hip-hop-esque in the sense of like the beat is not driving the rhythm of the song. Like the, the samples are like, are, are making me, because it's not, to me, that, that album is not a head nodder. It's, it's a like listen and absorb. And that's what I think Enya Hip-Hop is. It's not like a, it's not boom bappy where it's got that like neck snap. It's not like a Dilla production or um, a Pete Rock production that's got that like funk or soul or jazz. Because it's, 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 it's like lacking the, the beat. It's like it's just, it does just wash over you, which is like Enya's uh, classic 90s hit Sail Away. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Which is uh, what I did there was like, uh, what's it called? You've seen that Twitter account, that um, accidental partridge,
1: yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, classic, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, well, see, uh, 90s classic, yeah, hey? sail away. Um, so yeah, the, I feel that like that actually is what that, um, what the most recent Freddie Gibbs album is like. Mm. So, what do you think? Am I getting that right? Am I in the right area? And if so, um, is Enya Hip Hop going to win album of the year?
2: I think and some someone from the Enya hip hop community is going to be going to take that trophy home. Definitely, I, I don't think I don't think Gibbs's album is quite Enya more Annie Lennox. I think <laughs> I think I don't fucking know. <laughs> 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 I don't. I don't fucking know. I wouldn't call it, It's not what I, when I think of any hip hop. I, I do I wouldn't put Gibbs in, or I wouldn't put uh, his latest album in it. I, it's more your Rock Marciano's, your Car, all of those kind of I, guys. I always, Very minimal. Minimal. Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. Fair enough. Well, there you go. Any hip hop is is it a thing? Uh, let us know. And if it is, give us some more examples, and we can we can start. What basically what I want is I want us to carry this campaign on. So that eventually we see this as a genre available on Spotify.
1: A playlist, yeah. Mm.
0: Yeah. That's what we want. That's what we want. So, um, yeah, let us know some more Enya hip hop uh, so that we can start building a, a playlist uh, and get Spotify to ratify it with, with full force. Um, cool. All right. Well, look, we're going to have another quick break uh, and then we're going to get into the final part. We're going to talk about um, Kanye's new single. Um, he's also running for president, which is fucking hilarious. Slash berserk. So we'll maybe touch on that. And then I really want to talk about Run the Jewels. I'm not going to say any more than that, but we are going to talk about Run the Jewels. Okay, in this final part, I want to talk about some potentially um, controversial topics. Um, Start with sort of king of controversy, um, Kanye West. Um, Kanye has gone from for me anyway it's gone from being like one of the most interesting artists making really different sounding hip-hop to now just someone I just don't care for like not just on a personal level but like musically I just feel like oh he just makes he doesn't I don't feel like he cares I feel like he just he's in this mold and I've said it before very uh very off the wall comparison but bear with me Do you remember when Robbie Williams was the biggest star in the country by miles? Like he would have like massive gigs and every song he released would be number one. And he he was just massive, right? And everyone was like, fucking Robbie Williams is amazing. Every time he released a single and made a video, like when rock DJ came out, it was massive and everyone was talking about it. And it got to a point where I, I remember thinking like, he could just release any old shit and it would go to number one because people, he's just got such a big fan base that people just like, they don't care. And I remember he re- he released some song and it was utter it was utter bullshit and it got absolutely slated and it still went to number one. And I remember thinking like he he doesn't give a fuck. And in an interview he came out and basically was like, I wondered if I could just make a mad song and if it would go to number one. And
1: it did. It's rude box, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. That's it. Exactly. <laughs> I did the, the example. <laughs> Only of the you way. fucking know that. Fucking rude yeah. box has a banger. <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> but he made it's it as a, a joke. Rude box. <laughs> yeah, he made it as a joke to
0: see if it could do well and it fucking did. And so I feel like Kanye's in that mold where maybe maybe not to the same like tongue-in-cheekness of Robbie Williams. But I do feel like he's just the, the sound, even the sound quality that he's making like he talked talked a lot about how he's like made a lot of stuff on just like an iPad or, or like on a phone. We can fucking tell. It sounds rubbish. Um so I'm I'm not I'm not loving his this new direction and the whole gospel thing for me is is a bit odd as well. Um what Cal, what do you think about this this um, this new Kanye single? Um, do, are you bothered about this n- new music from him now? Do you care anymore?
2: I don't care about it. I actually didn't hate it, and I I'm on record as pretty much detesting the guy to be honest. But <laughs> I didn't hate it. I thought it was okay. I thought it was fine. Yeah, I didn't hate it. I thought it was it was okay. It's got ASAP. It's got ASAP. Ro- no, is it ASAP Rocky so, or Never Scott? Thank you, he's got Travis Scott on it, that's Travis, it. Yeah. I quite like Travis Scott, I quite enjoy him. And uh, yeah, it was okay, it was fine. He doesn't do anything that interests me. I'm not I'm not religious, so that, that kind of side of it doesn't do anything for me. He does his productions, not what it was. The song was fine, I didn't hate it, but it, it's not going to change the world, is it? Nothing he does is going to change the world, really, unless he becomes president.
0: Yeah, which... I mean, I did mention that he's running for president. We're not going to get into it because I don't think we've got enough time to discuss how how crazy that could potentially be. Yeah. Um, so, what, what you, what you, what's your thoughts um, from a from a music perspective on Kanye? Do you still care? Um, are you excited for for new projects, etc.? Oh,
1: I'm not excited about the new projects. I love the gospel stuff because I'm a gospel music. I wasn't um, an expert in gospel music, but I do enjoy gospel music. Um, you know, Aretha Franklin, "Amazing Grace" has a great comeback album come back in the day that she made. So. Yeah, I do appreciate the gospel stuff. It's you know that stuff is really good. But in terms of him making new music, I'm never really excited. But I'll always listen to it because I was a fan before he went. You know, before he went pear shaped. And as Cal says, a new song. I didn't hate it. I don't remember it. Cause I listened to it once, but I didn't hate it at the time. Mm-hmm. And that's all you. All you can really say. Um, right now it's a bit of a parody. He's got new music coming out. So he talks about running for president and. He's not fucking with Donald Trump anymore. Then you get a Chance of Rapper going in his defence. It's just oh, it's all just, it's all just a mess.
0: Yeah, he's become he's become very messy and like um, divisive, hasn't he? As like a, as a personal character. But like I said, I, if we try and keep it about the the music for this pod, I, I would say like for me, I'm also like I really weirdly I'm not religious at all, but I absolutely adore gospel music, um, and so I find it. I find it really weird that he's like, he's trying to make like this gospel hip hop stuff. I just, I just, it just doesn't chime with me very well. I think if it was like, he was just sampling gospel stuff, that would be fine. But it's like, he's actually like openly trying to like make gospel from a, through a hip hop lens, which to me is just, is just very weird. Like, I, I don't know what it is but about. Didn't, it, you, like, it
1: didn't you enjoy Jesus Walks though?
0: I did mate, but then I would say that the, the sound of jesus walks is, is closer to what i'm saying which is like it's he's essentially like sampled that like loud gospelness of it but for hip-hop whereas i think what he's trying to make now is like gospel with a little influence of hip-hop and i find that a weird way around does that make am i making sense with that or not
1: yeah i mean that's kind of trying to push the envelope and in his influence
2: yeah Yeah, I have to say, I absolutely adored uh, Sunday Service Choir, Father Stretch. They did their version of Father Stretch My Hands. Fucking amazing. I absolutely loved it. I rinsed it. Yeah. And again, I love gospel music at its purest form. Um, What Hmm. Kanye does isn't isn't quite for me, but I think I'm a little bit tainted. I can't really have a biased opinion on him because he annoys me so much. But again... Like our friend Academics, he's not a world guy. He's really, really not a world guy. And you just want him to fucking sort himself out, really, and, and just be well again, because there's such a talent in there. And and I think there's a really fucking good human being in there as well with him. And you just want him to, yeah. to come back to that, really, get away from that weird family and fucking get back to normal again. Um, but, you know, yeah, I, like I said, didn't hate the song. I thought it was fine. It, I wasn't offended by it at all, and I really disliked his like last three albums. So, yeah, it was fine. Yeah, same as me.
0: Um, one thing I would say though is, a shining light musically is that on our, I stumbled across this on Twitter, and I didn't know whether this was old, unreleased, or whatever. But I've just just googled it because you know we, we're all about research these days. Um, and three days ago, on his mum's birthday, he dropped a he dropped a um, clip of a new song called Donda. Right. which is in like memory yeah, of his mum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now that, if he's making that sound, which which is essentially like old Kanye uh, soul samples, um, if he's making that sort of music, then I will be interested in this project because if you haven't listened to it, um I'll tweet it from, from the Notorious uh, Twitter account, that is a fucking banger. And I really liked that a lot. Um, so it was like, again, it was more of a, a hip hop track that samples, like soul sample, gospel sample, and it sounds great. So if he's going to do stuff like that, Maybe it'll be good. So we'll watch this space.
2: Did you um, see that as well? He's working with Dr. Dre.
0: Yeah. So I've seen there's a like, um, there was a few people, like, a few different artists, Kanye, Dre, I think Snoop was in the studio and someone else as well that I was like, oh, okay, this is this is actually fucking amazing. Mm. Um, so I wonder if there's a, a little bit of cross-pollination, like as in Kanye's working with Dre, Kanye's working with Snoop, potentially, snoop's doing stuff with dre and other artists were in this in these sessions because there looked to be like quite a few different people in the pictures that i saw um all in these sessions so i wonder yeah i wonder if we're going to get some some new music from a few artists around the same time and if it's like kanye and dre productions could be quite interesting
1: i'm really surprised that people still hold a candle for dr dre it's yes. been it's been about 20 years since he's done anything worth giving a shit about and people see him, oh my God, that's a didn't produce something? I mean, he did Compton, what was it, five, six years ago, and yeah. it's a fairly forgettable album, and, yeah. you know, Dre's legacy is, over. I don't know, I guess maybe from 88 to 2000, I mean, obviously the Wreck and Crew stuff before that, but his prime, you know, was, was that period, and, uh, uh, if I'm hearing that he's going to produce something, I don't have any interest in it, really, cause I don't know, I mean, it'll sound nice, but, uh,
2: I, I don't believe. I don't believe Dr. Dre is going to executive produce Kanye's album. He, Dr. Dre does this stuff all the time. He'll go in the studio, take a picture with a hot rapper. He'll twist a couple of knobs on the on the on the board and then go back to counting his apple money he's not someone that's been interested in music for a long time you think of some of the people that have gone gone through aftermath over the last 10 15 years eve buster rhymes Ra, kim Ra, fucking kim you can't do something with that really like yeah like come on like you know this the detox delay and then yeah the compton the compton album which i didn't hate i thought it was cool but then you look at the credits. You look at the credits, he doesn't produce half the songs on that. And if you know Dr. Drake yeah. for something, it's making beats. And he doesn't even produce half the songs on that. And he never
1: did, though. It's like, he just steal credit on the old album.
2: Just steal Daz's beats. Um, yeah. I, I'm not sure i believed all of that. Because if, if Daz could have done it once, he'd, done, he'd have done it again. And he didn't. Um, but it, he um, he's just, he's got no interest in it. And why would he? He's a billionaire. Why would he?
0: yeah it's a fair point it's a fair point um I, I would say like dre's dre's run ended for me with like the last couple of bits of projects he did with 50 in the game i'd right. say that was like more like mid-noughties wasn't it the end of that run
2: because yeah, yeah, i think
0: yeah. he made a few he made a few bangers um for, for game in 50 and i think that was it i can't think of anything else after that was that was impactful like in a in a big way but um but yeah, it's just Dre, though, isn't it? It's just got this association um, of like, oh my God, he's involved in this. And in a way, it's, it's a little bit like um, what like Tarantino has done towards the end of his career, which is like, you'll see it all the time and it will look like it's a Tarantino movie or that Tarantino's exec produced it or that he's somehow involved in the artistic, <laughs> it, bless you, the artistic, <laughs> um, uh, the artistic movement. And actually, it'll just be like a film that he likes and it would just be like Tarantino, like Tarantino all over him. people are like, fucking hell, Tarantino loves this movie. And it just turns out that he's just like praised it once. And then they plaster it all over the, like, the advertising for the movie. Um, I feel like that's what Dre does. Like people just see him and kind of associate him with something. And people get excited by it. Um, so, so yeah, we'll see. Who cares? Um, right. The last the last topic for this pod has been on the running order for a, for a little while. Um and it's Run the Jewels. Now, the reason that this has been on here is, is not to review their most recent album. It's just generally, we, we kind of were talking about, should we review the album? And I think all of us kind of roundly came around to the idea of not really a fan. And I don't really know why there is such fanfare for them. Uh, not in a negative way, either. It's not like we're digging them out like we hate them. I just, I just don't think for any of us, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, boys, but any of us really connect with them. So uh, the, the basically the running order just says "Run the Jewels," thoughts. So <laughs> so so T, so T, let me um, let me start with you, mate. What 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 do you think about "Run the Jewels"?
1: I, th- I think all those songs sound the same. That's the one. That's the one point I've got to make. But um, you know, people who know me fairly well know that I'm you know a big LP fan. Um, with that, you know, Company Flow, Fun Crusher Plus is one of my favorite albums of all time. Uh, Company Flow one of the best gigs I've ever seen. And this is what, twenty two years ago now I saw them with Black Star on the same night. Um so I'll always have a soft spot for anything L P does. And you know, Killer Mike was on the whole world of Outcasts so I'll always watch him closely. But I don't know, I just find their music is lots of students like it, you know what I mean? It's um and it just sounds very samey. Um I don't like calling things and things overrated because they're both very gifted at what they do but it just doesn't connect with me. That's my kind of overriding thought with it.
2: Yeah, fair enough. Cal? Yeah, it's music for Guardian readers, isn't it? It's, <laughs> it's just... It's, it's just... It's what, it's what people think is hardcore rap. You know, oh, they're called Run the Jewels. Oh, look at the cover. It looks so tough. And then you just listen to it, and it all just sounds really samey. And It's like, ooh, I'm going to put my Etney's trainers on, and I feel so <laughs> cute now. And it's just like, oh, <laughs> fuck off! It's just not for me. It just, I just, it's never resonated with me. And it's probably us shitting on southern rap again. And it's, uh, but you know what? Don't care. Uh, Dallas Cowboys are shit. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's just it's just yeah for me i did listen to it i listened to the last one i think it was fine i'm not going to listen to it again because i just don't want to i'd rather listen to a shitload of Enya rap instead and it just yeah it's, it's just samey, me say me
0: yeah I, I must admit i um i kept hearing the name run the jaws run the jaws run the jaws like people various different people mentioning it and it was never people I would consider, like, hip-hop fans, weirdly enough. It'd be, people would be like, they discovered Run The Jewels, and were like, well, this, this is hip-hop, so this means that, you know, it's ticking that box of like, oh, do you like hip-hop? Yeah, yeah, I like hip-hop. I'm not into it, but I like Run The Jewels. Do you like them? And it's like a middle ground that people can mm. kind of relate to. Yeah. And it's a little bit like, you know, uh, you're always a little bit suspect when you sort of say to people, oh, do you like hip-hop? And they're like, yeah, they're like, oh, yeah, I love Eminem. You're like, oh, do you really love hip-hop, though? Or is like, it's just like entry-level... Just, it's the same genre, sure, but like, there's so many other things you pick, um, and it's a little bit like um, for Office fans. When you say to someone Do you like The Office, they go yeah, and you go, "What's your favorite bit?" and they go, <coughs> <laughs> <laughs> "Like sake. I know, I know you're not a real Office fan. You like no, like that's not the go-to, um, and that, that's how I feel like Run the Jewels are in that bracket of like yeah, you, it's hip hop, but someone it's, is
1: con someone I'll probably put controversially in that bracket, and I'm going to say I love these guys as is... People who really, really, really go on about the roots, I think. Hmm. I mean, Black Thought is someone who's lauded loads. And when I asked when I was people's favourite roots album, it's always like, if it's not an album that I agree with, then I just think, hmm. A <laughs> lot of the time I know that. I mean, for me, it's for me, it's Illa man, Illa Um, do you want more? Things fall apart. Those three are their best albums for me. And if you're not oh, saying yeah. one of those three, then no. <laughs>
0: I uh, may uh, spot on. I this is also really controversial. Maybe we've discovered like a new thing here. I uh, and this is this is um, I'm sort of digging myself out here. I also feel exactly the same way uh, uh, about what you just said there with the roots about Wu Tang. I think Wu Tang is a very easy thing to say. Um, to like where a lot of people who aren't massively into hip hop will resonate with Wu Tang, and that is that is not because of anything that, that the, the music, but they've they've obviously cultivated this like brand and um i saw it on twitter once when it was like um you'll never you'll never experience love as a woman um as much as a 30 year old white man loves wu-tang <laughs> <And> I, <laughs> <laughs> which 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 hit me like a ton of bricks because i'm like oh fuck, that's me um and it's like it, it has become like a bit of a cliche like i think about my brothers for example none of them like hip-hop but if i said to them now pick Pick one hippopotas that you do like. They would both just go Wu-Tang, like, like a reflex action. And so I think a lot, of, a lot of people kind of see it as like it's an easy thing to think or to, like, appear to be quite cool because it is quite cool, but yeah. they're very accessible and everyone knows them. Do you know what I mean? Like, they're the sort of thing that most people know Wu-Tang, even if they don't really know Wu-Tang. Does that, it, does that make like sense? Like I kind of feel people, like they're right? in the same bracket. Was like
1: yeah, yeah.
0: Exactly. Exactly, <laughs> exactly mate. So I don't know, man. I just like maybe I am digging myself out here, or like people that, um, you know, people that are in the same demographic as me tend to tend to gravitate towards Wu Tang as like their hip hop person of choice. So I wonder, like, that's another good question. Maybe we could ask people to kind of like tweet us, but like I'd love to know who when people hear someone say, "Oh, I like this person," that like, it turns them off. Not just in um, not just in hip hop, but in other genres. When you know you are talking about like, "Oh, I like this sort of music," and someone goes, "Oh, do you like this band?" Like it puts you off. See? There must be loads.
2: This is making me think of The Office because of that bit with the fucking Bruce Lee film.
1: <laughs> oh, way of the Dragon.
2: Yeah, Way of the Dragon. Uh, don't you mean Enter the Dragon? <laughs> <laughs> you can't, you can't, and I'm, I'm not a fall fucking falling, bigger, bigger Office nerd as you two are, but it just makes me think of that. <laughs> Run DMC, that. Beastie Boys, um, yeah. all of those. They're just... I remember one time boxing fans will, will, will understand this reference. T once said to me that Dr. J 2001 was the prize fighter of hip hop albums. And what okay. prize fighter was, was like a one night boxing tournament for heavyweights. And it's just, it's bite size. <laughs> it's easy. And it made pretty much made me reevaluate my life. And I've hated him ever since because of it. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> Cause it's fucking so- true. <laughs> So funny, it's like, it's so it's funny. like, it's, like, it's like a student wall, it's got a poster of like the chronic on there or cannabis leaf.
2: Yeah, oh god, oh Do god, you know what, I hate myself. The,
0: weirdly, what's in that same bracket, and I think it's actually in the in between as well, is like in their common room and in between us, there's like a Run DMC poster, which makes <sighs> no sense that they would be like it, would it just was the wrong demographic for the age of the characters? Um, but there's also an NWA poster, and I'm like, yeah, NWA. And Run DMC are absolute classic entry-level hip-hop groups that people are like, yeah, yeah, I love NWA yeah, straight out of Compton, what a banger. I'm like like that, the surface.
2: Cypress Hill. It's just it, it, is it's, it's, it is it's ethni rap, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. DC trainers. is
0: famous, the, that. six six form hacky sack, uh weed smokers, uh hip-hop is what it is yeah all, um, all of the it's, above it's, it's the same what i would say is those people so let's say like all those groups you just mentioned if you said do you like rage against the machine they would also say yes immediately that's how you <laughs> know that's how you know that's <laughs> the thing um and there's nothing wrong with that because rage against the machine are good and now i'm i'm basically digging myself and put myself in this hole so fuck it um all right that's enough about uh run the jewels and um just hip-hop that's too accessible uh we have we have one really good listener question, so I want to give it its full, full props. Um, this question came in from uh, DG, so at DJGCFUM, and he, he asks, music videos, take them or leave them? And he's put, apart from a certain few, I struggle to get excited over them. Um, Cal, you were, just before we started recording, were telling us about uh, Tory Lane's video
2: that was amusing you. It wasn't a music video. It was a it was a video where someone had because people may have heard the news about Megan the Stallion and, and Tory Lanez, they got themselves into some trouble and Megan Stallion Megan the Stallion got shot in the foot. Um, and what happened what came out was that it turns out that Tory Lanes is five foot free and 120 pounds. <laughs> Like, he is a tiny, tiny man. You know, like when you see really small people in the street, like mostly little old ladies, and you think, I could fucking body slam you with such ease. Like, and I'm people that have met me will know I'm not a strong guy at all, but five foot three and 120 pounds, I could body slam the shit out of him, and he couldn't do fuck all about it. Um, but there's this really funny video where he's freestyle. The video is him freestyling on the Funk Flex show, and then then it cuts to his feet being under the desk, and his feet are dangling because he's so short. <laughs> and yeah, short short people jokes are funny. Um, but in terms of like music videos, I couldn't tell you. Well, the the the, the last music video that I remember liking was The Baby and uh, uh yeah, bop, yeah, yeah. the bop video which yeah. that was a great video with Who those guys that's
1: on it that what the, they what they called t sorry the, the jabberwockies
2: that's it that's it they had a show in vegas when i was out there all those years ago and they yeah. was in their video and that was a great video i'm not i like the baby he's cool he seems like a bit of an idiot to be honest he's always getting himself in trouble but that video was great and the thing is i was talking to my cousin about this earlier on you think about music videos when we were when we were listening to hip hop and growing up in hip hop MTV bass, like all that kind of yeah. shit. The a lot of the time, the music video was the first time we heard the song. And this is us as hip hop heads, because the album wasn't out yet. There wasn't online leaks. The first time we heard the song is when the video came out. Now, now rappers are dropping an album a day in advance, a week in advance there's no build up social media is the, the marketing these days you don't need to have a massive marketing department and now videos just aren't you know can i take them believe me yeah, i'll leave them now the baby that's the only music video i can think of in the last 10 years that that i've really enjoyed um i couldn't name you a music video
0: for probably 10 years i like i just I, I don't know where i'd see them now like you're yeah, absolutely right. Like I would watch the music channel to hear new music um, because especially like, you know, not being in not one, not being in the States. So the only real connection you had to like new stuff was like Westwood show. Um, you know, you had, you had certain friends who would like get, like would be a, a little bit more into the scene than I was at the time and would go, Oh, you need to get this album. You need to get that album. But like to actually have like access to, to stuff was a bit more difficult. So like, you're right. Girl. I remember listening to like, or watching, um, mtv base, like for new like releases and like hearing some of these songs for the first time so like my connection to it then was like well i would i would be like actively partaking in it now the thought the thought of like watching the music channels is this fucking berserk like the thought of it is quite hilarious really like sitting there waiting for it because you know like you've just said everything's so accessible you can just go on spotify find your favorite artist see if they've got new material you get you get notifications when new stuff drops, so like there's no need to see the videos, and like they just don't have the same, they don't have the same kind of impact. Like I remember when videos would get released, not just hip hop, but like just music videos in general. People would be talking about. You've seen this video, this happens, that happens, controversial stuff. No one cares anymore. Now it's a really weird thing. Um, see, so, how, how do you feel about this? Like, what, what uh, from your perspective? Like, are some of the music videos that stuck with you that come to mind? Like. Again, do you care any more about that? Is that important to you?
1: Uh, it's something that's it's nice to have, but it does kind of add another another element to the song. Um, uh, I mean, the song the one I've been kind of going on and on about and sending to everyone I know is um Mozambique by Getz. Um, hmm. that, that video is really cleverly done. Um, I think Storms did one for Big for Your Boots. That's a great, that was quite a cool video. I had my jammer in there, who we all love. Um, uh, for, future mask off that was quite an expensive video i remember mm. but in this day and age it's not making or breaking the song so and i remember the days when you'd be watching the box and um you know nothing but a g thing video would come on and you'd wait for hours for it to come back on and you'd be ringing the number yeah <laughs> but um yeah in these this day and age it's not as big a deal but if you do have a video worth watching i guess it kind of helps promote it because I saw Mozambique tweeted a few times on my on, on Twitter and it kind of drew me to listening to the song. So it can be it can be up, but it's gotta be a lot better than in the past. Yeah,
2: yeah. fair. Yeah. Let's have this right, right now. There is no better music video in history than Victory by Puff Daddy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Blackstreet oh. take you there.
2: Mm. God Bass. Congrats. What's the best video ever? um uh, mario winens
0: uh, anything <laughs> by mario winens great videos uh no great greatest video ever i mean obviously uh what well, in hip-hop or just generally anything you like well the greatest video ever is thriller isn't it
2: mm, yeah that's a good answer
0: <laughs> i mean it's got its own fucking documentary that's how good it is yeah. um videos videos that i like personally really liked um always thought what's it called um h to the iso which looking back on it is a fucking terrible video but at the time i really liked that that video because it just like the um cgi and graphics has accelerated so quickly in like in such a short space of time that all those videos that use like fake backgrounds and stuff look so shit but at the time i was like oh wow that looks amazing um yeah i don't know man there's, there's probably loads isn't it um puffy
2: was the best few- man Mo' money, mo' problems. He has Riddick Bowe on the fucking golf course with him. Fucking Victory. He's doing the, run- he's doing the Running Man off the film. Uh, you know, the Running Man film. It's all based off that concept. He's got shitloads of, like, Hollywood actors in it. Fucking best video ever, Victory. Don't care.
0: Uh, Bad Boy for Life is a great video. Ben Stiller at the beginning when he smashes the golf ball into his garden. And he comes over to get oh, yeah. loads of celebs in that. Shacks That's in, in it yeah there's loads of people in that video that's a cool video and also that um that album um bad boy i think it's bad boy for life the remix the remix album basically
2: yeah
0: uh that album is fucking underrated and it's not anywhere i can't find it on stream like streamable so you i know you've got it tucked away on some fucking 2002 mp3 player man's got it on a mini disc or some shit you don't
2: Um, have the fucking remix album i can't get it anywhere i I had it obviously the original i don't have a cd player anymore (laughs) In boxing, we'd call you a casual. You fucking <laughs> casual. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I can get it got, to you. It's
0: fine. My mum bought it for me. What a fucking gift for my birthday! I can't oh, remember uh, how old I would have been when it came out. But I was like, I was living at home, obviously. And um, you open that, and you're, you're absolutely buzzing. Your mum, your, your middle class mum's gone. I tell you what, I'm going to get my son. I'm going to get him Bad Boy the Remix album. She's fucking nailed that. It's probably the best and last best gift she ever got
2: me. Yeah, so that's that's a great gift i i got scarface greatest hits one one christmas that was
0: fucking. Oh, up. that's a banger mate i know
2: i know
0: it's nice when you like, you receive like a, a gift like from a family member that you're not expecting them to like absolutely like nail, nail to, it <laughs> yeah yeah like, just just absolutely get it right like i know my brother got me a really nice book which is like um weirdly really, it's like just famous pictures like hip-hop pictures um. uh wasn't expecting it. I was like, this is a really good gift. You fucking nailed it. Well done. Um, right, boys, just before we go, um, one of the things that um, I think we discussed is a, is a good idea is some recommendations on um, stuff to listen to. Could be old, could be new, just like stuff that maybe you're listening to. Um, so do you boys got any recommendations for us, um, for our listeners to, to maybe check out? I
1: can say, uh, Anyone? I can say three, <laughs> Three albums I can recommend. Um, so you've got Shay Noir, did an album with Apollo Brown called As God Intended. Um, I tweeted about it recently. I said Apollo Brown's beats are quite samey. And um, we've done loads of albums with um, different artists, but it's still a very solid album. I um, mean, you know, I don't really want to reference Shay Noir being, you know, female MC, because even if she was male, it's still be a hot album. So that's really good. Um, early on, I mentioned Iron Wigs. Um, your birthday's cancelled. Um, that's that's a really good album, definitely recommend. It's got UK and hip hop within the group. And the third album has actually been out for a while, but I saw it. I've been kind of scouring Twitter for uh mid year lists and it's Trust the Chain by Planet Asia and 38 Special. Um, probably is a little bit of end hip hop as Carl would call it, but <laughs> yeah, I'd recommend those three, Carl oh um yeah I think um
2: the rapper i, I think uh, I would say uh Hand Me my flowers from flea lord uh flea lord is very much like nems we were talking about him in the break I, I'm convinced they're either the same person or they're like long-lost cousins that don't know that they're cousins because they both make really really angry kind of rap with loads of loads of great uh great quotables um on there as well uh what else have i been listening to lately uh, i've been listening to Noir, just like T has uh boldy james has just done a deluxe version of his album price of tea in china which came out earlier this year so that i've been, just been list. yeah that's that's on my on the, my six month uh, list as well and the other one that was on my on my uh six month list uh was uh shika and the the ep was called industry games and she did a, a tiny desk concert um, uh, it was Diddy that, that put her on to me and uh, she did an EP called Industry Games and she did a song called Songs About You which I fucking adore especially the version on the Tiny Desk concert I absolutely love it she's got a no name kind of vibe about her she reminds me of oh. No Name, no name a lot but she's really really good she's really really talented and I really enjoy her
0: Great. Um, just just one from me. I, I kind of came across this this week. It's not actually new. It's, it's a couple of years old. Two thousand sixteen. The album came out. Um, Stan Smith. Um, the track oh, that yeah. caught my attention was was Hakeem. I think I sent it into our chat this week. And um, the track's called Hakeem. Has this real old New York sound about it. Obviously, why I like it. So I had to, um, I, you know, I, I put the boot cuts back on, um, <laughs> threw over a, a, a white vest. Um, you know, put on my North Face hoodie. Uh, Ambini, and, and then obviously like just you know just got into it, and the album's called Fear the Sober came out in two thousand and sixteen, just very boom bappy, very like clearly very influenced by that era it 's got a track called big L, which is not directly a nod to Big L, but um includes a little bit of a sample from him and stuff um really like the sound. Think think he's a really cool and interesting artist, so definitely worth checking him out. Stan Smith and that's with two N's. So um yeah, stuff's on Spotify, so check him out. Cool. All right, boys, thanks so much. Um pleasure as always. Um if people want to follow you, where can they um follow you, cal
2: Uh at BC the Grand Slam, everywhere. Everywhere. I love that. The brand. T, talk to us. Where can people follow
1: so, Same as Cal. same everywhere. Um Thelonious, Filth. Oh, Beautiful
0: beautiful um and then yeah if you want to uh get in touch with us we are also on all platform notorious pod uh get involved in some of the questions um that we will ask for if you've got anything that you want to know not just about what's going on at hip-hop at the moment but if there's like an old question that's bugging you you want us to talk about an artist um, or an old album or, or anything hip-hop related even if it's fucking random and off the wall, we would love to answer your question so keep an eye out um, on our Twitter account for an opportunity to ask us some questions. Um, but for now, thanks boys. It's been a pleasure. Always good to catch up. We've, we've left it far too long. Um, so we, we must do this more often because it was fun. Definitely. Beautiful. All right, people. Well, um, enjoy this episode and we will speak to you very, very soon. Thanks a lot for joining us and get ready for the next episode. Peace. Peace. Boys. Thank you for listening to the notorious POD. The Pop Podcast. This was a Hip Hop Forum episode, so a special thank you to Cow and T for their insight as always. Big up to man like Grindhouse, who's made all the theme music for the show. So please follow him on Twitter and show him some love, at Music Grindhouse, and on Spotify by searching for Grindhouse. That's G-R-I-N-D, house. Please remember to leave us a review, or as we call it, your 5 for 5. So give us a five star review, and in return, you can leave us your top five favorite MCs of all time. Remember, we'll be adding all the songs mentioned and featured in our episodes on a Spotify playlist. So if you search for the Notorious Podcast Joints, you will find it. If you don't already, please follow us on Twitter at Notorious P underscore O underscore D. On Instagram, we're at the Notorious POD, and follow me on Instagram and Twitter at the Real John Bass. That's J O N B A S S. See you next time. Peace. Peace. Peace.